Well, what's up, everybody? Wake up. Wake, wake up. Wake up. Wake Good up. morning. <laughs> Welcome to The Breakdown. Wow, that was bad. Uh, can we just redo that? Wooka! Wooka! Hey, everybody. Welcome to The Breakdown, episode four. I'm, I'm, I've lost it. It's just... That's it. We, we can only do three straight, and then the fourth one is where we lose it. This is, how, this is just going to go downhill from here. Hey, <laughs> we are glad that you've joined us for another episode of The Breakdown. I am joined once again, as always, by lead teaching pastor, Nick Pierce. Thanks for Good sitting morning. down, buddy. Here we are. If you are listening to episode four, that means you either skipped over episode three in the hour and a half episode that was last week where we broke down uh, two... Uh, somewhat big, well, one very big thing, one not so big. So we talked about uh, the spirit of the Antichrist, and then we we dove in probably for a solid 50 minutes. Mm -hmm. um, is <laughs> Jesus God? 50 minutes after we did the first 50 after minutes. The, yeah, that's pretty, pretty yeah. accurate. So it was good. If you haven't listened to it, I highly suggest you go back and listen to it. It was a fun episode to do. And that's the, that's the joy of the breakdown is we have no... We have no timetables we have to stick to. Did you see the comment we got on Facebook from it? No. Yeah, there was uh, an individual, I, c I can't think of the name offhand, but it sounds like they come from a different uh, stance okay. theologically. Yep. Um, more maybe in the in the spiritual mindset and okay. just talking about, um, well, there's a lot of people that have claimed to be God, like what makes Jesus so different? And so I'm hoping they listen to the whole thing and not just the clip. Yeah, that we but posted. I appreciate like they're like from Wisconsin. I couldn't find any connection of how they came across to us in that so episode. So that was just straight social media. Possible, yeah. And it wasn't like trolly. It wasn't like we're getting famous. Oh, oh yeah, that's what we. <laughs> Lord need. help us all yeah, if that's really, the case. If that's not the goal, but yeah. So I appreciated the kind of the feedback. I didn't know exactly the best way to respond um, to it. I don't know if it was more of like. Oh, hey, here's this, but you could tell their response was from a different kind it. of theological stance or whatever. But I just kind of appreciated, like, hey, people are listening to it that are not like we're getting a lot of feedback from our own people. Yeah, but like connected with Calvary, or yeah, with it's, people at Calvary. it's getting out there. It's one way the gospel just to move forward, and and even though this person probably yeah. doesn't uh, land in the same theological camp by any means, yeah, um, uh, they're, they're listening to it. So hopefully, it causes at least to think, and you know, not that we're the end all be all, but you know, if we plant a seed and then maybe a week later they end up talking to somebody and they're bringing up Jesus and then something else like it's it's God using everything for yep. from us as the church to orchestrate and to bring about his kingdom and his work or whatever. So it, I just kind of thought it was neat. Like some people get really worried about trolls on the Internet because they're out there because they're out they're there. Out and there. it's like but at the end of the day, like even if it is trolls or people that don't agree with us or a different a theological framework or maybe people that don't even have a theological framework um like i'm not too worried about that like we yeah. know because that's exactly going back to first john like Ooh. oh you're you're gonna be under attack a little bit yeah. like you you're like there's gonna be deception there's gonna be people that are gonna disagree with you the tv went out again so if you're just listening uh there's a tv that's behind us that says the breakdown on it it's the second week in a row yeah and it was all up Sunday for the for pre-experience. For online, it worked great. We had a yeah. video play for the whole 10 minutes. It Today, just, we're five So it just went off. It. And so you, you heard this exhale from... <sighs> it is a... Mar like, I can tell how frustrated Jerron is by his exhale. That's how... <laughs> like, if, if I come me, in and say, know. hey, we need to... Let's work on this. Or can we do this? Or can we fix this? By the level of exhale-ness 
I can tell if it's a good day or a bad day. Duly noted. I'm going to work on my exhale. Let's <laughs> keep you questioning. <laughs> <laughs> Do I have a tick like that? What's mine? Um, you said I can walk in and you already know if it's going to be a good day. Oh, you definitely have a tell. You definitely have a tell. If you're in a bad mood, you will walk in and you're very much a uh, jovial relational person. Mm -hmm. And so you will walk in. If it's first thing in the morning, you'll walk in and you will be completely disconnected. Or I'm just trying to get work done. But no, 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 no. There, there's like a because you'll walk in and be like, hey, what's up? Everybody? Like you'll be and yeah. not fake, but just like this. You'll come in and be like straight Boom. to your office. You won't close the door, but it's straight to your office. And then I don't me, make the rounds. No, you don't make the rounds. And then me being a people reader, <laughs> I will test the temperature of the water just to know how my day is going to be as a staff member. There you go. And I'll walk in and be like, hey, what, you know, how you doing? And, and if I get the short, curt answer or the like the I don't have time for you kind of thing, I know I'm like, OK. I have never said I don't have time for you. No, you've never said that with exactly. your words. That's what I with said. Your I've words. never said it. <laughs> my honestly, my wife picks up on this as well really in my defense i'm always like i can't just walk around farting rainbows all the time like just super You're a leader you got to I, <laughs> it's like and i'm not even like upset or mad like sometimes i'm just like melancholy like yeah. oh this today's today and it, it is what it is like it's not like massive victory of like crazy awesomeness but i'm not like super depressed the, yeah. like david like am i oh, just why are mediocre you so? like right here yeah, just, okay just, like i'm just i am who i am at today mm -hmm. or whatever and and so so I maybe have, I do have a tell. I maybe. have a tell. What's your tell? The exhaling? I, I wear my emotions <laughs> on my sleeve. Like it's you not, really don't have to guess you know, the kind of the mood you're on. Is you in. just walk in the room like, whoa, yeah. someone's in a bad mood. Where's there's, Humiston? Where's there's, Humiston? There's no mask about it. There's not like, is he mad at me? I want to be authentic. In a good mood? I, I don't want to sugarcoat things. Yeah, no, it's good. I got to work on it. But anyways. What's that have to do with the breakdown, man? Uh, hey, they're just getting to know us. It's the personal relational side of us. We're not perfect. We're normal people. We're that normal have people bad days. who have bad days and sometimes don't know how to uh, speaking uh, on on my behalf, not for you, but for me. Uh, <laughs> Way of description. That's exactly right. Uh, sometimes you just want to punch people, and <laughs> you, you can't do that. And you smile and go, "Okay," but I, I might have said that in life group and. Last week? Our, yeah, on our Thursday life group, we have uh, some newer people, and, and they're seasoned. Mm -hmm. I'm not allowed to say older. They're seasoned. Seasoned. Right? And, and I forgot what we were talking about, but I brought up how I used to have a pastor friend whose wife was uh, chronically ill, and, and there, would be, there was a person in the church who would say, oh, if you just had more faith, she would be oh better, oh and, which I don't ascribe to that name it, claim it type of theology if you just had faith. You know, you God wants us healthy, wealthy, and wise. And so I brought that up, and I kind of made the joke. You know, you hear that, but it's really a struggle because it's like, man, if I could just kick you in the face, I'd feel better. <laughs> <laughs> and the look on ah, the ah. the I look across the room as I said that. Did you, did you yeah. like? Did your eyes meet your wife? Like, and she's staring you down? No, no, no. My wife, my wife knows that. Like, she's like, oh, no. she's like, this is mild. What are you <laughs> talking about? But somebody else across was kind of did one of those like, huh? But I didn't know the pastor really was going to say that. Should I that. make eye contact? Nope. Look at the floor. Look at the floor awkwardly. Just, you know. But when somebody says that to you, don't you just want to like theologically, spiritually, mentally, mm -hmm. physically? Yeah. Like, <laughs> all the above. Yes. Yeah. Z. All anyway. the above. No, all the above. That's good. So, well, hey, today we're breaking down your sermon from this past Sunday. So once again, you, you asked me last week. Yeah. You said, "Hey, Nick, I need a I need an ear tickle sermon. How do we, <laughs> how do, we do on a scale of of a uh, Q-tip to like 
how to like a bristle pad, Brillo pad to the ears. How do we how do we tickle ears? To What's that? past Brillo pad to the ears? Because <laughs> I'm gonna go with that one. Uh, somebody it. somebody Just, told yeah. me on Sunday they're like, hey, I listened to the podcast. I loved it. Um, I I missed. I don't know if they listened episode one and skipped two or listened to two. Whatever. Anyways, they listened to a couple of the episodes and were like, hey, you started out every way. And I said, and apparently that's exactly how I'm gonna start. As long as we're in First John, that's how I'm gonna start every podcast is i'm drinking from a fire hydrant so here Here we go go just get used to it as long as we're breaking down (laughs) nick's sermon through first john i i was waterboarded again on sunday oh man and it was i'm glad good no it's been (laughs) honestly it's been good yeah i just just, super convicting isn't it oh gosh it's it's something else oh and, and then you popped off last week is like, that's what the other six days are for. And I'm like, no, no I need the other six days to process <laughs> through. Because, like, my workflow is by the time I leave here on Sunday morning, I've listened to you preach the sermon three times. Yeah. I will have edited the message podcast and heard it there. I will have edited the video podcast or, yeah, the video yeah. that we post to YouTube and heard it there. And then I usually on Monday or Tuesday, like, in my own quiet yeah. time, I'll go back through. So this morning – as I was getting ready. And then you said life group. Oh my gosh. On a that's a whole different <laughs> That's I totally forgot about that. Yeah. So add Thursday in there. And then this morning, like I was getting ready listening to it. And yeah. I told I told London, my wife, I said, How is it that I've listened to this at least five times since Sunday? And I missed that, totally didn't hear it. That hits in a different way. Yeah. As if I need any more convicting <laughs> from Sunday. I'm still trying to process through the Lord's like, oh hey, by the way, here's some more. My my wife said she was she was sitting upstairs in the loft uh, with um, Taylor and Gary mm-hmm. and I don't know if I said this or not last time but she's made some comment because like the last ones have been kind of heavy like we're swinging like you know we're getting after it yeah. and and she'll hear something I'll say like what you're talking about and she's like like why are people gonna want to come back if this is like what it is and somebody across the table said. Uh, because the world is in search of truth. Yeah. And especially like in the Christian culture, church mindset, you know, there's been enough of the fluff and the shallow and the, mm-hmm. like, I think people just want real, honest, like, so like, I'm a cancer survivor. Yep. Right. 10 years, uh, January is when I was diagnosed. So celebrating 10 years this month. Um, I think I was done with day four of chemo today, 10 years ago. And so when we walked into the doctor, like, just give it to me straight, no chaser. Like, just tell me what's up. Don't sugarcoat it. Don't sugarcoat it. Like, and and it kind of helped that I was in the medical side of the field. Yeah. Yeah. So I already knew something's up, but it's like, you you don't need to like, oh, well, well, Mr. Pierce, Mrs. Pierce. Like, no, no, no. Like, what's up? You know. You have cancer. Yeah. What is it? What are we doing? What's the goal? Where's the, you know, and then we ask some hard questions, you know, with it. So wondering like, you know, hey, like, do I need to go to Disney World or Universal Studios? Yeah, exactly. And so, you know, but I I think that the world is looking for that. There's there's enough of of I won't even call it relative truth because it's not even truth anymore. There's enough of worldly opinion in the world where you can pick Anything that you want to be, you can be that. And not the cool thing like, oh, if you want to be a football player, you be a football player. Like, yep. no, 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 you can you can pick your gender, you can pick wh- whatever, yep. you know. So there's no standard of anything in the world. It's infiltrated the church at times. There's yep. fluff there. There's misconceptions, you know, and that's where we struggle with 
questions like, if God's so good, then why is there evil? Which I think would be a great podcasting topic. Write that down. Um, and, no, and, da, 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 da. and so, but I, you know, I think the world just wants to hear truth. And it's not that like we, me of, of no, we're just going to let the word of God speak. Yeah. You know, that's where it's at. Like that's where it's hitting heavy. And I always think, you know, sometimes you look at like First John or some of those smaller books that are like, oh, yeah, those are sweet, cute little ones. It's like sometimes those smaller ones are the ones that hit Give me the, the big worst. ones. Give me the like, ones that have a lot of content because you know that. I just got done studying Jude because like in my personal time, I'm studying like well ahead of like where we're going to go preaching yeah. wise, which obviously First John, Second, Third John, we're going to go to Jude next. And so I've, I've kind of wrapped up preaching on Jude and goodness, that's one chapter. 20 some verses like kicking your teeth just wait a couple times <laughs> just wait goodness awesome. anyway so so today we're gonna we're gonna break down your message from sunday mm -hmm. um last week we looked at abiding in christ this week uh we you finished we redid the last verse of chapter two yeah and then you carried on and you you kind of talked about in all three services, like, hey, the, the chapter markers and verses were put there afterwards, and sometimes they break up a good thought. Like, we go, oh, that's the end of chapter two. I'm going to stop that thought. Chapter three starts a new one, and then you, you start it into chapter three. Um, I want to I want to do this. I want to kind of do two things. One, kind of bullet the two things that you yeah. kind of talked about on Sunday, and then I literally listened to your message and quoted this out so I wouldn't get it wrong. Oh, my. And then I, I want us to flesh out, if that's okay with you, I want us to flesh yeah. out this this idea and this thought uh, that we see in the church of continual or habitual sinning. Oh, my. So that's the direction like, we're headed. And this is a shooting from the hip here. This like is, we didn't, like, plan. Nope. This that's is, the fun part is I, I feel like in, in, in my plan. own work that yeah. the Lord is doing inside me, things that I have questions are just going, hey, I know this is going to reach a broader audience. What could be a question mm -hmm. that people want to ask that it we would love to cover on a Sunday morning, but just to sit down and just kind of almost like Bible collegiate level classes yeah. where you just pop, 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 line yeah. it out like we did last week. And so, okay, so the first two things. Yeah, first You two. said the two reasons that we abide in Christ are, one, we abide in him, Jesus, because he appeared. Yep. And two, because he will come again. He will appear again. Yeah. And then you said, we are waiting something. This is not a quote. This is my... This is your my paraphrase. This it. is my paraphrase. So we are waiting for his return. We abide in him because our faith is an expectant faith, mm. and he appeared to take away sin. Yeah. So then you spent the rest of the morning unpacking really our life and, mm -hmm. and, and this dichotomy between living a life, hating sin, sold out to Jesus, mm -hmm. and a life where in church terms, and maybe not even church terms, we have this, oh, there's grace, so I'm just, it's okay. Yeah. And so for me... This is the quote, and this is where I really, I think, the meat of your sermon lied. And maybe maybe I'm wrong, but you said, and I quote, You've been given the righteousness of Jesus, therefore you cannot remain sinning. The completed work of Christ on the cross should bring a complete change in our view of sin. Amen. Hey, thanks for joining the <laughs> breakdown. So we'll be back next week to flesh <laughs> it out. You let's sit, Just let it sit. No, it's good. Yeah, that's honestly one of the hardest topics. Um, and depending on your theological camp, we're going to have some differences, mm -hmm. you know, with some people. Um, and again, that's where we just got to like, we have to be okay sitting in the tension of God's word because this camp will want to use these few verses. This camp will want to use these few verses. But like 
all of it was written by the Holy Spirit. Mm-hmm. So they don't contradict each other. Now, is there a tension that maybe we can't navigate through and and synthesize together yeah. in our finite brains because an infinite mind wrote it? Yes. Yeah. Be okay with that. So that's like that's almost like a prolegomena ness about it. A what a what a what a. <laughs> Let's try that again. Remember who you're talking to. I'm the creative pastor here, uh, not like, the theologian. Like there, there's there's already some like preconditional truths that we need to walk into. See, like, now why couldn't you have said that? Well, why did you have to use big words to make me feel like an idiot? No, it's okay, buddy. <laughs> <laughs> Just let it go. So, <laughs> Thank I you, Lord. That's grace. But That's like, grace. There, there's certain understandings that we need to have walking into it, even before we study scripture. That's what prolegomena would be yep. about. And so in one of those, for me, is like there's going to be a lot of tension moments where it's mm-hmm. like this concept and that concept, they don't seem like they go well together, but they're both clearly taught in Scripture. What do we do? You hold to both. Mm. Well, what about what it's, you know, and the greatest. Yes, easy, and. Yeah, yes, and not either or. And I think the easy ex- example to show is just look at the person of Jesus. Was he 100% God? Yeah. Was he 100% man? Uh-huh. How? You know, like, uh, you know, like that's that's a tension. How can you be 100 percent of each? But he, it wasn't a blending. It wasn't. Oh, but he was 200 percent of this. Like, no, he was clearly, you know, he had two essence. He was 100 percent God, 100 percent human in in the person of Jesus. That's a tension there. Yeah. So when Jesus was hungry, was he hungry? Was then was God hungry? Because God can't change. And so to be hungry is that you went from not being hungry to hungry. Was God tired when Jesus was tired? You know, like then there would have been a change and God can't change. He's immutable. And so they're no, no, they're talking about the the humanity of Jesus is seen in there. Yeah. And so at times you see the humanity of Jesus and then sometimes you see the divinity of Jesus. Like when he's, you know, putting a whooping on the Pharisees and he perceives their thoughts. Mm -hmm. That's that's the divine that's not the human side. Yeah, of it. exactly. But there's a tension there. Yeah. And that's hard. And so when you see those descriptors of Jesus, you have to say like, well, is that is that a reference to his humanity or a reference to his divinity? Well, there's a tension there. Yeah. And so if we have it in Jesus, like why in the world would we not think that's going to happen in our faith? Like mm. our whole faith is based on Jesus where there's a massive tension of understanding. We're going to have that. Yeah. And so our approach to sin is going to be the same way. And in the very short, small book of First John, like he kind of gives us a little bit of that tension. You know, in the beginning, First John 1, 8, he tells us, you know, if you say that you're without sin, you're a liar and the truth is not in you. Mm-hmm. Right. So so the tension here is we all fall short of the glory of God. We have all sinned past tense and we fall short. That's that is uh, uh, present tense verbiage mm-hmm. there. So it's a continual thing that happens. We fall short of the glory of God. Boom. Right? So we cannot deny that. So we can't walk around and be like, I'm perfect. I have no sin. No, you're a liar. <laughs> and hence, when you say that, you show that you're a sinner because, yeah. And so we, we, we hold that intention. But then, you know, just a few verses later, chapter later, he says, yeah, whoever's been born of God or whoever abides in Christ, you can't keep on sinning. Mm. You can't make a practice of sinning. It's like, so we have to be perfect, but if I say that I'm perfect, then like where's the there's a tension there. Yeah. And depending on your theological camp, that can be really hard. And some of the biggest conversations I've gotten uh into people is honestly about the topic of sin. Really? And we really struggle with that one because um 
we we want to apply it to salvation mm. somebody's level yep. of sin or less level of sin and we apply it to salvation in which i always say we judge each other by our fruits mm-hmm. right the lord looks at the heart yeah like, i truly don't know your heart i can see fruits from your heart yeah but i don't truly know your heart and so you look at somebody else that the fruit of their lives could be absolutely horrible and I can make a pretty good assessment, but again, I'm finite. I'm not God. Yeah. You know, I don't know what that person's saying in their heart to the Lord when they're just laying in bed saying, I hate my life. and I keep doing these things or, you know, I don't know. And that's why I'm, you know, one of the things I was taught that I thought was always really strong was I'll always be sure of somebody's salvation, but I'll never be sure of somebody's condemnation. Because I don't know mm. what they say in their hearts. Mm. You know, now if somebody says, oh, I believe in Jesus, uh, you know, in him is salvation alone. I put my faith, my trust in him. I've surrendered. Da, da, da. I will be sure of your salvation because, you know, what does it take to be saved? To surrender and submit. And you could break down those words. That's a whole nother hour and a half. That's a whole class. Here we go. Of soteriology. <laughs> There's another big word for you. You know that one, though. So but there's a whole nother big topic there but like what must you do to be saved i believe that's a question somebody asked in the bible and they said believe in the lord jesus you know i know we could break down what the word believe means in the greek and and all that but and so we we take our concept of sin and now and at times we are prone to try to apply it to our salvation status Mm -hmm. you know and the question you know, I remember one student even asking me, it's like, well, how could that person be saved because they live in habitual sin? And I said, what sin isn't habitual? Did you lie once and that's it? Mm. And you never lied again? I mean, you probably, but not me. I've lied a few times. <laughs> a handful, right? <laughs> Just a handful. Um, have you only lusted one time? Just and then, And then once it got called out, you never lusted again. Once you repented and confessed of your lust, you never lusted again. Biblical, yeah. Yeah, exactly, never. right? Because we're Christians, and no, we all live in habitual sin. Like, there, like every sin is a practice of sinning. Like, there's not, like, the sins I struggle with are not the things that has only happened once in my life, and then I just move on to the next sin. Like, yeah. no, like it's, it's like fishing. Satan knows, hey, there are certain lures, there's certain bait that is going to pull me away from my walk with Jesus. He doesn't just use one lure. Oh, that worked, and I'll skip lures. No, he's going to use the same sneaking lure. Yeah. I'm going to get him pulled away this time. I'm going to, and and that's the hard part with what John is talking about. And for us as followers of Jesus to try to process, well, what about these people that do have this habitual sin in their life? To which I say, who doesn't have habitual sin in their life? Yeah. And for me, I think that's where it comes into. Where is our heart and our attitude towards sin, I think, is a key yep. factor for yep. it, you know? Because that's been, like, for me, that was some of, as I processed through Sunday, I have, I've had that thought, mm-hmm. you know, where I try to justify, rationalize in my finite brain, trying to die to myself daily to look as best as I can to Jesus. Yeah. And here's Johnny over here who doesn't give a flying flip uh, and just living in sin. And it's like, yeah. hold up, wait a second. Yeah. You're not trying. Yeah. I am. Yeah. And I want to process it through. I'm better. Th- like, let's call it what it is. I'm better than you. And here's why. Yeah. So me and my wife were talking about this as well. Plus, you know, there was a mega pastor, mega church pastor that kind of 
talked about a very hot button mm-hmm. sin topic mm-hmm. uh, within our culture and 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 you know one of the things I was looking at I was like you know what Let, let's dive into this thought a little bit and so I researched it yeah there's do you know what sin I'm probably referencing right now the sin of do you, do you have you seen the clip of the I, the Andy clip yeah yeah, yeah Andy I know exactly what you're okay about. Yeah, yeah. and so he's talking about the sin of homosexuality yeah and he's talking about people who are homosexuals that still go to church and you can go watch his clip and see his stance and his opinion on it. You know, and so me and my wife are talking about that and we're processing that. And it's kind of cool now that our son, he's 17, he's chiming in and processing. And he, and it's neat to see him, you know, really try to navigate and understand. struggle. Oh, yeah. yeah. And it's a struggle. It really is. Especially because that's not just like a concept to us. There are people. There are people in our lives that we love and care about who live in that lifestyle or whatever. And so I was, I was thinking through that and it's like, you know, what's crazy is just, just new Testament, just go new Testament right now. There's only four verses that, that speak as homosexuality to be a sin. There's Mm -hmm. four verses that we can go to in the new Testament that say it. So like, I will absolutely affirm that is a sin period. You, you cannot convince me otherwise. Right. That I don't think is the question. It's how do we respond to people? Because we're not just talking about a concept, right? Like you can't talk about lying without addressing a liar. Yeah. You know, show me lying. No, you have to show me a person. Yep. In every sin, there's a person. And I know uh, I, I have the heart that God cares about every person, right? Mm-hmm. Because Jesus came for the whole world. And so I guess unless... There's extraterrestrial <laughs> life. Oh boy, it's a whole nother. That I have heard some crazy theological with that, but let's just you know, God God cares about humanity, right? And so you can't just address sin without understanding that that there is a person that uh, that is connected to. Because you know, even in my BC days, or even young in my faith, there were certain things of my lifestyle that were were not congruent with being a follower of Jesus. Mm -hmm. And if somebody in a very judgmental, condoning manner would have spoke to that regard to me, I would take that personal. In the platform, like, I'm better than you. Yes, absolutely. And so, one, I think we not need to tread lightly on the theological issue. Like, honestly, that conversation's not even there anymore. That's not what it's about. But what do we do with the person that is that? And so I was looking it up, and I said, you know, there's only like four verses in the New Testament that, that... that show homosexuality is a sin, right? Uh, you know what has more verses in the New Testament about sin? Everything you know, else. <laughs> pretty much. There's more verses about division than there are about homosexuality. There's more verses about strife than there is about homosexuality. Yeah. There's more issues. There's more verses about, and, and not just homosexuality, like murder. There's only just a couple or three, right? And 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 then I started thinking through, and I was like, well, let's look at Jesus, like. He had the most negative to say to the religious elite who who acted like they were perfect mm-hmm. and they were far from God. He had more you saw more negative emotion from Jesus towards those people yeah. than like the woman caught in the midst of adultery. Mm-hmm. Which is not even to go over to the, to say like, you know, the church wants to say so much about homosexuality. It's not like we have heterosexuality figured out uh too well either, you yeah. know. You look at the porn industry yep. you know <laughs> you know there's 
Uh, if you combine the NBA, the NFL, and the MLB, and I think one more pro sport. NHL. NHL, thank you. Yeah, you can tell I'm a hockey fan. Go Blues. Um, whoa guy. You're tread, yeah, whoa guy. Tread Sorry. lightly. Tread, tread lightly, lightly there. Yeah. Hey, <laughs> everything else, you've been okay. You say something That's about exactly the Blues, right. we're throwing hands. <laughs> there is more money spent on porn than those three industry, four industries combined. And yet we, it, we've almost become okay with it in the church. Yeah. Yeah. We don't talk about we it. We don't talk about it. You're like, it's not even like taboo. It's almost like it's an accepted culture, but we, but we single out that, uh, sexual sin, yeah. but we don't address the other ones or yeah. whatever. And it's like, I, I don't like that either. You know, it divorces, uh, an issue in the church. Yep. Like, so for me, I, I feel like for us as followers of Jesus, like, I think I said something to the effect uh, and one of the service, like the battleground isn't us walking out trying to pick it and yell and fight and da 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 da. The battleground that we need to fight against sin isn't externally in the world, it's internally in our heart. Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. like how, who are we to address any other external sin in somebody else if we're allowing any other sin to dwell in our hearts? Yeah. You know, and so it was really a good conversation with my wife and my son and just walking through that. Like, and, and again, Jesus never condoned the sexual sin of the woman committed and found in adultery um, just as much as he didn't condone the sin of the Pharisees. Mm-hmm. But you definitely see a different response to each and every one of them. Yeah. You know, um, and, and I think that's where we as the church need to step in uh, into that tension a little bit more, you know, because we almost have it the other way yeah. where we we're okay with the Pharisees and we hate the women or the men or the homosexual cotton and, and yeah. adultery and sexual sin. And it's like, that's, that is just as concerning as someone who wants to say, like w- when the Bible says, hey, this is sin and our culture, or even in the church, people say, no, I don't think that's a sin. That is a theological issue I have. Yeah. But when we don't approach people with the heart of Jesus, with grace and love and mercy and truth, if we don't approach people the same way he did, that's also a theological issue. And the tension's right there. And the tension is right there. And so it's like, well, what do we do? We have, you know, we like, I know there's people in our church. They have kids that that are homosexual or uh, are transgender like that. That's a real thing in our, in our, in our body of believers here. And it's like, what do I do? And it's like, well, what would Jesus do? That is so overhyped and it's so over commercialized. Are we bringing back the bracelets? We're going to bring back the bracelets and the t-shirts and it's going to be nineties purity culture. No, it's like, but it's, it's like, we know what Jesus would do. We know that we can read in scripture, like, Jesus reached out to the poor, the oppressed, the the sinner, those that were marginalized away from the community of faith. Like that's who he spent time with. Mm-hmm. That's who he loved on. We know what Jesus would do. That's not the question. Mm. And so maybe back in the 90s when what would Jesus do was popular, they didn't know. I don't know how they didn't know there was the New Testament. We know what Jesus would do. The question is, what are we going to do about yeah. it? Like, how are we going to be the hands and the feet and the heart of Jesus? And that's the crazy part. Like, for me, you know, well, well can this person be saved or not? I'm, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to present the gospel to them. I want to challenge them to put their faith and their trust in Jesus. Yeah. You know, well, what if they're living a life and they're still going back into their sin? Show me the Christian that's not. Yeah. 
right? Show me the Christian that's not. And when I stand before the Lord one day, and it's like, Jesus, you loved those that were on the sides. Mm-hmm. You loved those that were marginalized. You loved those that were sinners that the world hated. And I loved them too. Yeah. I feel confident standing before the Lord and saying that. Like, I, I tried to live my life like you did. Not surrounding myself with the righteous, the healthy, those that didn't need a physician. Like, nope, I'm okay with that. Yeah. You know, and well, are they going to be in heaven or not? thank the Lord that it's not up to me because I'd probably kick out some people that are there and I'd allow others in <laughs> that shouldn't be there. I don't know. You know, like that that's not my responsibility. That's above my pay grade, far above the good vicar's pay grade, right? <laughs> no, our job is to go and make disciples. Well, what are they doing with their, you know, they're having a sin issue. The same as I do with my sin issue. I need accountability. I need confession. I need repentance. I need discipleship. I need love. I need grace. I need people in my life that are okay, that I'm a broken person. And it's not just a one-off fix. Oh, like, my goodness. You know. And, and we have this, this culture, especially in the church, where we use, uh, we use sayings and phrases like, oh, come as you are. But we don't we, mean that. We don't mean that. What we, we want, that. what we want is, hey, fix yourself, yeah. and then you can come on our doors. Come when as it, we are. That's exactly right. Don't come right. as you are. Come as we are. That we've been walking with the Lord for 20 years. Like, he's already taken care of the big sins in my life, and now it's, you know, honestly, it's more of an internal, mental, emotional stuff that I struggle with the most. And it's like, no, no, no. We, we all live a good moral lifestyle. Come like we are. And yeah. it's like, nope, that is— That's a country club. That, <laughs> That's a— yeah, write pay, your dues. Pay and, your dues. Yeah. yeah. You got to wear certain clothes. And. I heard a, uh, I heard a, I think it was on a podcast. I was listening to a couple pastors talk and, mm. and they were talking about, um, <clears throat> what if you actually practice what you preached? And, and he literally said, and it was super convicting to me, um, and more sad and disheartening for where the church is. What, what if you truly practice what you preached? What if on Sunday morning when mm. the doors opened, the least, the last, the lost, truly walked in your doors we'd kick them out <laughs> we'd ask them to leave and We've... that's the heartbreaking part yeah, and know. you know i thought how many churches and how many stories have you heard from people who have been hurt by the church because they didn't look like what the church thought they should look like yeah but and that's what's so hard is like where where did this even come from right because yeah. here's my issue. Like, uh, so go back to any sin issue, and there's the hot button topics of them. Whatever. Here, here we are, a bunch of Christians fighting over: is this a sin or a not? Are they saved? Or are they not? And da da da. And we we have our theological camps, and we allow we allow our theological bins to win, even though Scripture's clear. Whatever. We're having this big little tiffle fight. All the while, there's so many people that don't even know the conversation. There's oh, so many yeah. people that don't even know Jesus. And like, I'm just, there's a part of me just being real and transparent right now. Like if Satan can't like just get us to absolutely run away from our faith, he wants us to be ineffective as possible. And so the most ineffective way is instead of, you know, us as the church fighting against him as the enemy and his demons and what he's trying to do if we can just get them fighting each other yep then then you're not going to make any grounds you, right you've said uh you've said a couple times from stage something to that effect and it's been every time you've said it it's been very jarring mm. if satan can't get us to walk away from our faith he'll get us 
to kill each other from within the walls. And I think that's why there's more verses about division and strife amongst the body than there is about sins that mm-hmm. shouldn't that should be outside of the body. You know? But we have to have good theology, and we have to have good doctrine, we have to have all these things before we can proselytize, before <laughs> we can open our doors to those people, because what if we have to have an answer for when those people come in? And that's how yeah. we—that's the language we use, those people, like yeah. we're any different. What are we going to do when they walk in? All of the things. Yeah. And it's like, what did Jesus do? Yeah, absolutely. Like, I love, I love how you—I I, I know your heart. You say it flippantly, but I know it's not true. I'm going to go with the guy who walked out of the grave. So far, it's, it's, it's uh, served me pretty well, you know. Now it ticks off some people. Well, <laughs> the Bible actually kind of has a lot to say about that. Yeah. And so it, a lot of this comes from my own personal story because we were the ones that weren't invited to church. We were the ones living in our sin. We were the ones that... You know, if we walked in, it'd be like, oh, don't you know about them? They're not even married. They're living together. They have a kid before marriage. Like, yep. we, that was us. Yep. And, and so when me and my wife started growing in our faith and, and felt the call to ministry and to answer the call of ministry, we kind of looked at each other uh, with multiple different things. One of them was that, saying, like, wherever ministry we're at, like, w- we're going to fight against that. Yeah. You know, like, because we know what it's like to be those people. Yep. Same thing, like, when new people come to church, like, that's a hard, awkward thing. Like, we don't need a bunch of Christians making it worse, (laughs) right? We do a good job. Why? Because we used to be those church shopping, walking into new churches, and, like, nobody likes this. This is horrible. Like, like, so we need to remember that when we were in those shoes. And and so people, like, well, what would you do if if, if a same-sex couple walked into your church? The same that I do with two couple, a couple that's living together that are shacked up and fornicating. Yeah. The, the same that I do with you when you walk into the church. You know, if like I've said before, and like you can tell I'm getting fired up about it, but like if their brokenness excludes them from entering the church, then so does your brokenness mm. exclude you from entering mm. the church. Come on. You know, and if ever, and if that's true, then what the heck am I doing there? We shouldn't have church if that's the case. Like I make Paul look like Saint Peter, like. <laughs> He's the chief of sinners. I'm kind of like, ah, you know, I wasn't on the scene yet, so, you know, maybe you were. But if, the, if you were. If I <laughs> if were, I you know, I'd make, you know, come on, Paul, whatever. I hope I don't, like, get beheaded like him, but, you know, whatever. That's not how you want to go out? I, I don't know. It's definitely not how I want to go out. <laughs> I want to go quietly in my sleep. <laughs> exactly. Unlike everybody else I'm not in the afraid to die. I just don't, yeah. like, I, I don't need to, I don't need the guillotine. Yeah. Let's not I, go back there. And so that's the hard part, like. You know, we there's a, there's a I'm watching some Instagram reels and obviously it's from a podcast and they're just highlighting and I love it's like upsetting the gram if you have you hmm. upset the gram you haven't oh man these, <gasps> these guys are rocking my I know exactly who you're talking about yeah, yep colored glasses yep. Yeah, yep. or whatever and he is just rocking my world and and he's been able to articulate some things better that I have felt. Yeah. Or I've tried to, and it's like, I just, and I hear him, and it's like, that's, that's it. You know, and right now, the thing that me and my wife have been talking a lot about, because she follows them as well. Uh, so shout out to you guys. Um, we got to be okay with the process. Oh, we got to be okay with we the process. We don't like the process. We don't like the process. We need to get them quickly like us so they don't stand out. And who cares where they're at theologically? He, who cares about transformation? We need to get them looking like us. Yep. 
you know that and instantaneous gratification yeah, almost absolutely that's the american like we want instant gratification yep. in everything and in our churches we yeah. want we want instant salvation yep. and instant transformation so like uh new year's day we had service yep right and we had an individual just kind of hanging out serving you know with one of the pastors and was like and kind of opened up and said you know yeah i did a little drinking last night cool like i'm I'm glad that you're here this morning you know or like you know for us in process like me and my wife young and our like super young in our faith like we had a pastor that led her to the lord and i think that's when i really some people would say oh you rededicated again depending on your theological bend that's when i really gave my life to the lord and then like we showed up next week and we're only a week into it like he was okay with the process he was not expecting us a week later to walk in and all of a sudden you know, we're everything's wa- changed. Yeah. Like yeah. how awkward is that? It's kind of like little kids when they play dress up, you know, mm. like my kids, uh, you know, if they roll in and they take all of our clothes and they want to play house and be adults like that's cute. When you're a kid, we're expecting the same thing out of Christians, mm. new believers that they're they're young in their faith. But now here we are trying to clothe them like they've been walking with the Lord for 10 years. Like one, that's not us to clothe them, the clothed in the righteousness of Christ. They get the fullness of that yep. at the moment of justification. Now they get to live that out in sanctification. And and the big thing that for me is the things that we want to change in somebody else's life is most likely and a lot of the time not what the Lord wants to change in mm. their life first. Like we see somebody that's lost, they get saved, and there's five issues that they need to handle, da 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 whatever it is, you know, drugs, alcohol, pornography, fornication, you name it, lying, yep. just, just whatever. We have the order of what we would want to see the transformation. Do this and then move to this, this and then finish these three things. Yeah, then here. that. And it's like that's not what the Holy Spirit wants to do in their heart, in their life. Because yeah. a lot of times we, we are looking at the fruit of their life, mm. and the Holy Spirit's looking at the, the root yep. of their life, the heart. You know, it's like, again, we have to understand transformation is from the inside out, which and then you look at the other side of the spectrum, which is crazy. So fast forward and we look at someone, we meet someone who is strong in their walk with the Lord. They are a mature believer and they tell you their past. Oh, they give you a testimony. Right. And then we're always like, you know, some people hear my testimony and they're like, are you are you you making not you? No, 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 not possible. Yeah. And it's like. And you want to look at them and be like, do you not believe in the resurrection? And mm. they're like, what do you mean? And we're like, you can't have transformation without the resurrection. Like, if we're if our whole faith is based on the resurrection and that transformation there, like, how can you not believe that I was walking in death and now I'm walking in life? Yeah. Like, our whole faith is based on that. But it, so it's like, we, we don't want to see that process. But isn't the process the most beautiful thing of it? Yeah. Like, that pastor who led me and my wife to the Lord still knows us. He pastors in Mm -hmm. my hometown. And what's been crazy is every step of our life and faith. um, So like he led us to the Lord. He married us. And then we started getting plugged into the church. Not his own. Mm -hmm. Wow. Right. And he was okay with that. And he was okay with that. That was perfectly fine. So we get plugged into a church. And then every time like we took another step of faith, like answering the call of ministry, becoming a youth pastor, becoming a senior, like we would see him out and about in the community. Like, we just roll into a Culver's to have lunch, and, and there he was, Tom Wilson, you know, uh, Strong Tower Baptist Church, St. Joe, Missouri. There he goes, Tom. <laughs> see you, buddy. <laughs> and we would see him and walk up, and it was like, he would, like, hey, guys, how are you? And it's like, Tom, it's actually really cool. Guess what? Like, 
we're volunteer youth leaders. Like they let us do this. He's like, that's so cool. And then we would see him like, you know, that'd be a year or two later, you know, and it's like, oh, there's Tom again. We'd always walk up and I'd always tell him like, there's no way we would be here if it wasn't for your faithfulness to step into our crazy life. You know, and then now now I'm going to go to Bible college and now I'm we're moving to Wisconsin. I'm going to be a youth pastor or, or now I'm going to be like he has seen us every step of the way. And like imagine him going home to his wife and saying like, OK, so from the very start, hey, I just met with this young couple like they both come from divorced parents. They already have a kid like the numbers, like the odds are stacked against yeah. them, but they gave their life to the Lord today. Like he went to bed one night knowing I led two people to the Lord today. Mm. Like heaven's a, and heaven's not crowded. <laughs> that means there's a lack of space. Like two more people are in relationship with Christ because of his obedience in to step into the tension, into the awkward, okay with the process, okay with our brokenness, under having a, I think a biblical view and a Jesus view of sin and a sinner yeah. and loved us. Right. And then, and then, you know, five months later was the wedding. And then and then at some point he's like, oh, you remember that young couple that I led to the Lord? Like, they're getting plugged into their church. Like, he's teaching upward basketball. Mm. Like, for some people, like, upward, that's not a big thing. That was a huge thing. That was my first ministry oh, yeah. thing that I ever did. Oh, yeah. Upward basketball, fifth and sixth grade boys. Shoot me in the face. Mm-hmm. Oh, my goodness, mm. right? And so, and then we, you know, a, a little while later, like, hey, remember that one couple they plugged into the church? And hey, yeah, I remember them. Like, he's going to Bible college. Like, he wants to be a youth pastor. Yeah. Like, like, imag- like that's, so it's not even the work that the Lord was doing in us. Imagine the work that the Lord was doing in his heart to be able to walk through and, like, see real transformation yeah. happen. Yeah. And then now to, like, like, oh, you're leading a church and people are, are built up and and challenged and or they're growing in their faith hopefully because of the ministry here at calvary and it's like hey tom wilson that had that you have a small part in that bud because you were faithful to step into a sinner's life and to say hey i love and care about you and it's like why don't we want more of that like why are we not okay with that yeah like, why is the church trying to fight against that? It's like, that's the very thing that we're supposed to be and, and it, do. And it's like we celebrate the sin more than the victory of, oh, like, the little, goodness. like, hey, let's celebrate. Let's celebrate the decision. Let's celebrate that small step yeah. instead of, well, this happened, but they're still doing, you yeah. know, here's the 75 things they're still doing. Okay, let's yeah. flip that for a second. But, they, like, like the one guy, like, but he woke up and he came to church. What else would you want them to be? And to me, that's that kingdom mindset. Yeah. Like you talk about kingdom currency and you look at the way Jesus talked and the things he talked about. Like we say in our culture, you got to be first all Mm. by yourself. You got to be first. Jesus walks in the door. Actually, the first should be last. (laughs) Last should be first. Yeah. It's almost like it's upside down kingdom to him. Mm -hmm. And, you know, we should have an urgency about us to share the gospel and like we need to make good use of our time, stuff like that. But, um, using the same principle but in a different context we love the book um the ruthless elimination of hurry i don't know that i would say we love the book yeah. thanks thanks john mark comer john mark comer that, that was the greatest book oh i just reread it recently you know and so it's talking about your own personal life but like think about that like jesus didn't run to try to hurry the process mm. like he was okay with like where we have this like timetable 
And like, it is good to have a discipleship plan. And we have one that we want people to walk through, but ours isn't really like, it's, it's very fluid. Like you just kind of jump in wherever you're at and we'll see from there. And, but when we have this like 12 step program, nothing against AA, great program. But you know, if we have this 12 step program, you step at one and you go to like, some people get into your ministry and they're a four. Yeah. They're a 10. They're a, we don't know. And it's like, that's the job of shepherding. We just get to walk with you encourage you lead guide just be there like we have to be okay with the process and we don't have to try to rush this because sometimes that foundational uh building like don't rush that because everything if you rush that everything else is going to be off if you don't have a good solid foundation you know like it doesn't matter what structure you build on it the Mm -hmm. foundation sucks you're you're out you ever watch something get built not really. You haven't? Well, I mean, my uncle built his house, so I guess as a kid I watched that. I'm weird like that. I watch YouTube videos. I'm watching a channel call, uh, on YouTube called the Perkins Brothers, I think, and it's a construction company, and I'll watch their like whole build series. Yeah. At, like from the time they go out and survey and mark off, the longest, the longest process is the foundational process. Yeah. Measure it, dig it out, pour the foundation, mm. pour the concrete, the footings, wait for it to dry, then pour the slab and it's like we almost once that happens the the sticks of two by fours and that stuff starts going up real quick and suddenly you have a house but it the amount of time and so much it's like we want to forget about that it's like hey let's just throw the house up let's let's get it built we'll 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 strengthen it we'll stabilize it later let's at least get the structure up and it's like that structure is never going to last yeah and think if if there is something wrong structurally that's an easier fix than if there's something wrong foundationally. Mm. And that's the other thing, like, again, so if I could just speak to pastors leading churches or anybody in ministry, you know, a lot of churches have new believer classes, Mm -hmm. right? I've sat through one of them when I was a new believer. And we always answer the questions that new believers are not asking. (laughs) Oh, you're a new believer. All right, let's talk about the Trinity. Actually, I was just wondering if it's a sin if I keep sleeping with my girlfriend. Actually, I was just kind of curious, like, um, how do I respond? Like, what's your stance on? Yeah, like we're 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 answering the question that no new believer is asking. Yeah, and like, and and so it sounds good. I do think there needs to be a theological framework that is built, but like, hit them where they're at. Mm-hmm. You know, I was like, well, how do we? You know, you know the best way to know how to hit them where you might have to talk to them and say like, all right, you heard the gospel. You're at this, whatever you accepted Christ. Like, what are you struggling with? Like, what questions do you have? Like what's going on there? Like, and again, like there's a lot of discipleship books, new believers, stuff like that out there. And it's like, don't oversee just allowing the Holy Spirit to work in them as a new believer, the Holy Spirit to work in you as a mature believer Mm -hmm. to allow the Holy Spirit to work in and through his word like, because that will be far more foundational yeah. and strong. Then add the systematic theology yep. and stuff like that. Then start talking about some of those things where we think, oh, no, these are deep truths they need to know. Yes, they are. But if they don't understand why they need to know, them, yeah. that's, yeah. And there's nothing more frustrating when you're asking a question and somebody answers, doesn't answer it, answers it with something else. Mm. You mean like Jesus did? All the time? <laughs> All the time. Answer my question, not with a question, with an answer. Yeah, with an answer. Come on. So I just... 
Oh, there's a sigh. Let there's me let, sigh. let me uh, dissect that sigh. D- dissect that. Let me know. For me, I just I never want to be okay with sin. Like sin always brings destruction. Yeah. Sin always brings death. So you know how like the world wants to say, oh, there's many ways to God. No, no. There's there's sin is many ways. He doesn't care. Every sin is going to lead to death and destruction. Satan doesn't care. Many ways to death and destruction. It doesn't matter what sin there is. And, and I don't think the question anymore is, is what does the Bible say? Is this sin? Is it not sin? I honestly think the world and even church and Christians are asking, how are we supposed to respond in that? Like, and that's where it's like, love them, mm. walk with them, speak into them, and, and it, trust the Holy Spirit. You can't be the Holy Spirit. Trust the process. Don't rush it. Don't just... But what happens if they... You're All not I, God. God is good. God is just. God is loving. God is like whatever happens, we're going to stand before the Lord. And it's and nobody, those that have rejected Christ, those that have accepted Christ, nobody's going to be able to stand before the Lord and say, that's not fair. Mm. Everyone's going to look and say, that is fair. Yeah. You know, and it and so be OK with that, because honestly, what we're talking about is we are wanting our will to be done. Mm. We're putting, it, it is a selfish motivation yep. because we feel like we, like a Ford assembly line, we need to make this certain car and they all need to look the same and you can have any color as long as it's black. That was Henry Ford's yep. famous thing because he didn't have, you know, it's like we, we want to, we want this little Christian factory where we're making these cute little moral people and we just send them out and it's like, that's not what Jesus did. Like, look at his disciples. Look at how the spectrum of just the type of people that he had. Yeah. I would have loved to have been sitting around the dinner table with Simon the Zealot mm. and Matthew, a tax collector. <laughs> like, you know, when Jesus is like was turning away to talk to somebody else, one of them had to have made a face at the other. Oh, you absolutely. Come on. I mean. Let's throw in words across the table yeah like, i mean look at look at just the sports that we have in our culture and like like we're kansas city chiefs fans mm-hmm. because we're righteous um no <laughs> like case in point here we go we've already started <laughs> and we just hate everybody like we <laughs> love the chiefs and but like i've been to a few football games and it's like all right understand that these th- these are just teams mm-hmm. our, our lives are not any different but like there are fist fights and i there massive are massive fights Brawls. over what because i like this team in this color you like this team. like we're pretty much like a bunch of gangs yep. you know like if there's going to be that kind of division and fighting you know that and then go from like a peter a loud mouth to you know whoever else was maybe a little bit more quiet i was like would peter just shut up all he does is talk like oh there he is getting out of the boat i hope you sink i hope you drown you idiot and then when Jesus reaches down to grab him, it told you so, told you so. You deserve you that. You should have. Yeah. You should have. Sh- just let Jesus, him leave him out there. <laughs> you know, let him drown. You. N- but we as the church all want to look the exactly the same, act yeah. the exact same. And it's like, but Jesus says that there's going to be every tribe, nation, and tongue. Mm. He highlights yeah. what is different. He doesn't ignore what is different. Mm. You know, he... He appreciates the differences. We we don't like that. You no, know? not at all. So I don't know. What else he got for us? 
Was that point number one? Didn't you say you had two points? No, that was it. That was it right there. That, that was that was it. So hopefully I've answered at least my approach because I think instead of saying, you know, okay, this person living in habitual sin, you know, are they saved or not? And it's like, yeah, how about you disciple them? Mm. Let the Holy Spirit do Let, the work. Yeah, how, how about you just keep reaching them with the gospel, keep loving on them, invite them over to dinner, like, like, Instead of trying to ask the theological question of, oh, what ifs, lean in and just be obedient to what the Lord asked us and called us to do. Mm. Make disciples. Teach them all that he commanded. Their obedience or not to it, that's on them. That's between them and the Lord, not on you. You know, so if you if you went and you evangelized to the to a thousand people in your lifetime and nobody ever came to the Lord. And you, and then you stand before Jesus. You know what he's going to say? Like, well done, good and faithful servant. You were obedient. You were obedient. Yeah. Or if you went and discipled a thousand people in your lifetime, but they all just go back into their sin, you know, like, what's the Lord going to say to you? Well done, good and faithful. Yeah. Like, you know, like, but we're just going to trust that God's word is going to do what God's word is going to do. The Holy Spirit is going to lead and guide. And we just need to be obedient. And sometimes we got to be okay not having the full understanding. Because, you know, there's, oh, I just don't understand, like, is that person saved or not? Or what if he's still in habitual sin? And that, like, we were never called to have complete understanding. That is not in scripture. I know I'm not okay with that. Yeah, I know it's <laughs> it's tough. We're called to have faith. <laughs> and when we when we are asking the Lord, we want all these answers and da da da. Like, understand what you're saying, Lord. I want to be omniscient, just like you. Mm. I want to know everything, just like you. To which I would say, no, you don't. You can't handle the truth. Right. You you don't want to know everything. You can't know everything like that. And it, it, it is pride yeah. to think that you can and should and would be able to know mm. everything like, no, 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 just just go do what I said. Yeah. Just just go be obedient. Just go. Just trust me in this, because at, at the end of the day, the Lord is our shepherd. Well, the thing about a shepherd is. They're going to be misunderstood. Us as shepherds, we're misunderstood. Oh, boy. Yep. How many times have people questioned us? <laughs> on an hourly basis? You know, yeah. Like, and that's the part of being a shepherd is we're going to lead people to places that they really don't want to go. Yeah. Why are we doing that? That doesn't make sense. Yeah. The sheep don't look at the shepherd and be like, oh, I totally get this. Thank you so it. much for yeah, taking care. For sure. No, not at all. You know, and they just they don't know. And that's the same thing with the Lord. Like, I don't know, but I'm going to trust him. Yeah. Like, what I do know, he has revealed himself to be faithful. He is true. He is the truth. Like, again, I'm going with the guy that walked out of the mm. grave on this one. He's revealed enough to me that because he has revealed enough to me in what I do know, I have full assurance to trust him in what I don't know. Yeah. Well, I think as the deep theologian Forrest Gump said, that's all I have to say about that. That's a deep, deep theologian. <laughs> deep theologian. Um, oh. You know what's fun about doing these? The, the more we do them, hmm. they get longer. I know it. And it's not it's not a bad thing because here's the other thing. we When we did episode one, the kind of get to know us, the, the reveal of the breakdown, one of the things we said through this whole process is us sharing our story of our own sanctification. And like we get passionate. Yeah. And a lot of times people don't see that from the stage. A lot of times people don't see some of that frustration or even understand the heart, yeah. you know, behind it. And so it's cool for us to be able to sit down and have these conversations 
to talk openly and candidly for whoever is watching or listening to see and or hear those things um, all within the scope of our own sanctification process, all within the scope of a work that the Spirit is doing within us as pastors and leaders, um, as shepherds who are shepherding His people. Because our goal was always to like, we treat this as it's just me and you sitting down having a conversation. Even my wife said that. She goes, I like listening to these because I just feel like I'm sitting hanging out with you guys having a conversation with you. And I hate that. You do? I'm an OCD planned oh. out. Like, yeah, we're just, yeah. No, no, for no. me, yeah, I want okay. the like the bullet point of, okay, hey, oh, I'm going to ask you this question. You're going to answer it this way. I'm going to come in here, say these five things. You're going to say this. I'm going to swoop in and close and have this nice, perfected, <laughs> doctored episode. Nah, and nah. that's the thing is it's not. It's it's, not. it's shooting from the hip, not in yeah. a lazy or careless mm-hmm. way, but in a. That's this how is, you have normal conversations. Yep. It's not this perfected, hey, okay, why don't you ask me this question? Because I've got these 27 verses to back it up and then we'll flip it here. Like, oh, it's yeah. just us sitting down and have a conversation. Now, we could do that, but that's not real. That's not authentic. And I like this because even how, you know, how we preach on a Sunday, that's a different conversation mm. than how, like, it's just a different style. It's yep. a different everything. And, and and that has its purpose, obviously, and this has its purpose, obviously. Um, but I, no, I think it's I think it's good and, and would love to hear feedback. And so, like, keep commenting, you know, let us know um, however we could, like continue the conversation because again like it's really like no holds bar like anything's yeah. on the table there's not like oh we don't talk about that on the breakdown like no i'm pretty sure we we've can. in four episodes we've made sure that everything's <laughs> yeah. kind of on the table there it is so well that's it for episode four thank you all so much for joining us whether you're watching on youtube or you're listening on your favorite podcasting platform as nick said we would love to hear from you let us know you know let us know if you're watching on youtube comment in the comments, reach out to us here at the church. If you like it, subscribe to the podcast uh, or our YouTube channel. If you don't like it, subscribe anyways. It helps us out. <laughs> uh, rate and review. It just helps us out as we try to, even today, Nick sat down and says like, hey, I can't find the breakdown on Spotify. It's like you just, there's a bazillion The Breakdown yeah. podcast. So type, type Breakdown Calvary Chapel or even my name. Yep. And all the keywords I've put in, anything that has to do with yeah. us is like, Anything we do, Calvary Chapel, Lake of the Ozarks, CCLOTO, Nick Pierce, anything like that. So, But for now, we'll wrap up episode four. We'll see you next week for another episode of The Breakdown, where we break down and discuss Pastor Nick's message, the sanctification process that the Lord has us on, and really whatever else kind of comes up in conversation. Oh, man, it happens. Dude, thanks so much for uh, sitting down and doing this. We'll see you guys next week.